Kings chapter 4 and uh, want to um, uh, continue from where we sort of left off last week. Last week we read to, uh, I think we read verses uh, 8 to 17 and uh, spoke on some of the great qualities that this lady had and uh, she certainly was a wonderful lady. Uh, no, no problems about that. And, uh, you know, the kindness of her heart and her and her husband built a, a special unit for um, Elisha to stay in when he was in the area and uh, looked after him, looked after the man of God, had a heart to do that, which was uh, great attributes that she had. And uh, uh, Elisha was so touched by the kindness of the lady and the family that uh, he asked them at one stage, what what could I do for you? Like, could I put in a good, good word to the, the king or the, the leader of the army? You know, um, she said, no, I'm well looked after. Don't need anything. And uh, so Elisha says to his servant, well, there must be something we can do. And he says that if she doesn't have children, doesn't have a son, doesn't, there's no heir uh, for the family and... Uh, and so uh, the lady received a miracle that she, uh, her husband was old, she was able to conceive a little child, a little boy. And so we left last week reading at verse 17, maybe if I begin this week at 16, just to pick up the last two verses we read last week. And we'll read down to, um, to verse, uh, I think, 37 and then... Just share some thoughts on what we uh, may learn from this passage of Scripture today. Praise God. Second Kings chapter 4, beginning at verse 16. Next year at this time, Elisha said to the lady, You will be holding a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she cried. O oh, man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. But sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. At that time, the following year, she had a son, just as Elisha had said. One day when her child was older, he went out to help his father who was working with the harvesters. Suddenly he cried out, my head, my head. His father said to one of the servants, carry him home to his mother. So the servant took him home and his mother held him on her lap, but around noontime he died. She carried him up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door and left him there. She sent a message to her husband, send one of the servants and a donkey so that I can hurry to the man of God and come right back. Why go today, he asked. It's neither a new moon festival or a Sabbath, but she said, it is well. So she saddled the donkey and said to the servant, Hurry, don't slow down unless I tell you. As she approached the man of God at Mount Carmel, Elisha saw her in the distance and said to Gehazi, his servant that was, Look, the woman from Shunem is coming. Run out to meet her and ask, Is everything all right with you, your husband and your child? Yes, the woman told Gehazi, everything is okay. It's well. It is well. But when she came to the man of God at the mountain, she fell to the ground before him and caught hold of his feet. 
Gehazi began to push her away, but the man of God said, Leave her alone. She is deeply troubled. But the Lord has not told me what it is. Then she said, Did I ask you for a son, my Lord? And didn't I say, Don't deceive me and get my hopes up? Then Elisha said to Gehazi, Get ready to travel. Take my staff and go. Don't talk to anyone along the way. Go quickly and lay the staff on the child's face. But the boy's mother said, As surely as the Lord lives, and you yourself live, I won't go home unless you go with me. So Elisha returned with her. Gehazi hurried on ahead and laid the staff on the child's face, but nothing happened. There was no sign of life. He returned to meet Elisha and told him the child is still dead. When Elisha returned, the child was indeed dead, lying there on the prophet's bed. He went in alone and shut the door behind him and prayed to the Lord. Then he lay down on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth, his eyes on the child's eyes, and his hands on the child's hands. And as he stretched out on him, the child's body began to grow warm again. Elisha got up, walked back and forth across the room once, and then stretched himself out again on the child. This time, the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Then Elisha summoned Gehazi, call the child's mother, he said. And when she came in, Elijah said, here, take your son. She fell at his feet and worshipped before him, overwhelmed with gratitude. Then she rose, took her son in her arms and carried him down stairs. So maybe we just pray before we... Uh, uh, see where we go today. Lord, I, I just ask your blessing on your word today. Lord, an account of a real miracle that happened to real people. And Lord, we're reminded once again today that you're a real God. You still do miracles to real people. And Lord, I just pray that you would reveal your word to us today, that Lord, you would impart it to us as we need. I ask it. In your name, in the name of Jesus, Amen. So, uh, so much in that that's in the Word of God. Uh, what I would seek to teach you today is by no means all that there is in there. Um, you could spend weeks in any one place in Scripture, most probably, if you wanted to. And, uh, but uh, yeah, it's an interesting passage of Scripture. You see people, don't you? In Scripture, you see people who needed miracles, and then there's someone who God used to uh, work the miracle, you know, for the uh, uh, for the sake of the person that needed it. And uh, I just know I like being the second one. <laughs> Amen. Not that I don't mind receiving miracles, but I want I want to see people blessed and get miracles. That's just what. My life is about, I love that. I would far rather someone get one than I get one, and I'm, I'm really sincere in that. get a lot of joy out of uh, seeing people blessed. And uh, But there's a, there's a lot of stuff here. So uh, firstly today, I think any time a miracle happens, there's usually faith going on somewhere, and I can certainly see that this lady was a lady of faith. Um, you know, all through the passage here, uh, you can see signs and uh, uh, models, if you like, of faith and how faith works and uh, how people of faith operate. 
And so, uh, uh, number one point today, I've got seven points. It's a perfect servant's completion. Number seven, God's number. So seven points today, okay? Praise God. Quick points. Uh, number one, people of faith take natural faith actions. So when something goes wrong, it really probably reveals whether we are people of faith or if we're not because, um, you know, I know this lady uh, didn't go looking for the undertaker. She went looking for the man of God. A lot of people would have done the former one first. Uh, a lot of people would have mourned and, uh, you know, been so upset about the child. But uh, uh, she went looking for the man of God and uh, that was just a natural, instinctive uh, uh, reaction that she had because she was a woman of faith. She believed God. If she didn't believe in God, the God of Israel, if she didn't believe in the man of God who represented him at that time, she wouldn't have built a little unit on top of the house anyway. So obviously she was a woman who had faith and she just did the natural faith thing that came to her. She went, she wanted to get the man of God, went and looking for him instead of anything negative. Uh, she naturally did, you know, what a person of faith would do. And so faith, I believe, is a growing thing as well. I don't think, you know, we've all been given a measure of faith. We've all got faith. If you are a Christian today, you've got faith. Uh, I think it's a growing thing. I think we grow in faith during our walk, during our journey, our Christian life, Uh as we as we have a few things happen by you know believing and trusting in God, it encourages us to reach out in greater ways and greater ways, and uh, we we grow and our actions become more faith-like. I believe as we grow, more so than what they would be when we first started out. And so uh, faith is a growing thing. So I don't want you to be disillusioned today thinking about what you might be like right now, but. People of faith take faith actions when it's required. Okay, it's the first thing I see about this lady. Number two, faith and people of faith focus on God and not on the problem. Because if she had remained with the little boy, I mean, he was seriously dead. That's probably a silly thing to say. Uh, there's no mildly dead or... Um, slightly dead or seriously, like he, he was deceased, obviously deceased. Uh, Elisha confirmed that when he came, and I'm sure the lady would not have did what she did had he not been. She must have been very sure that he was dead. And I think a natural inclination, especially for a mum, would be to stay with the child. Um, I, I think that would be naturally what she would, in the natural, would want to do, would just be to stay with her little boy. I'm sure she loved him like you wouldn't believe. And, and you know, that would have been the natural inclination. But she laid him on the bed. And that was a faith action in itself, like it's Old Testament. The Spirit of God wasn't everywhere like it is today in the world. And, and uh, she couldn't just pray. It just wasn't sort of like that in that day. But, there, you know, there was a representative. There was a prophet in Israel who represented God. And at time to time he slept up on that bed. So she thought, man, that's where I'm putting him, where the man sleeps. I want to get him the closest where God is that I can get him. Even though he's dead, she wasn't giving up. Amen? 
she said, I, I, I'm putting him up there on the prophet's bed. And then she went and she made arrangements to go and uh, find the man of God. And uh, it, it focused her on God, not on the problem. The more she stayed there, the less she would have believed. I believe that anything could have happened with the boy. And there's lessons in that for us, aren't there? Sometimes the problem is so before us and, you know, different times like uh, I've shared at times, you know, I had a tractor one time and the gearbox was uh, getting very worn on it. And you think, well, focus on God, not on the problem, you know. But every day that you worked it, you can hear the bearing grind in a way and the thing. And then they go, ah, how can you not hear the problem? Sometimes the problems we have are right in our face, aren't we? So it's all right, cool down, just relax, just focus on God. It's a lot easier said than done sometimes, isn't it? But it's really what we need to do because the bit more we focus on the problem, the bigger it becomes anyway, even bigger than maybe what it is. So that's why we need to focus on God. It keeps the problems in proportion. Amen? Because God doesn't need anything for a miracle. You know that, don't you? He wanted to create the earth, the world, the universe. And he didn't have anything, so he spoke and he did. And it's the same deal, you know. We, we can be so confronted at times by what we haven't got or what we have got's broken down or worn out or sick or tired or whatever it may be. But if we focus on God, it changes our focus because God needs nothing to start with. He needs what we got. And if we haven't got anything, he wants us, and that's what he really wants anyway. Amen? So it's really, really important that we, if we're going to be people of faith, that we focus on uh, God and not on the problem. Number three, people of faith speak the language of faith. She never, ever spoke in a negative way through the whole thing. Only on a couple of occasions, and I'll, I'll come back to that at the end of the message today but yeah people of faith speak the language of faith her husband you know she sent the message off to the husband and so he sends a message back why go today it's not a new moon festival or a sabbath or anything like that what's what what are you running off to see the man of god for she just said it is well it's all right didn't say the boy's dead didn't say anything just said okay. Amen? Not the child's dead and I've got to go. It would have been a mass panic then, I guess. And no, she just said, it's well. Elisha, you know, went to ask her, uh, sent Gehazi to ask her, and is everything all right with you and your husband and your child? She said, yep, yeah, it's well. Don't hold me up, Gehazi. Get out of the road. I'm going to the man of God. <laughs> it's well. Amen? It's okay. And uh, she sent a message to the husband uh, when she initially sent that. Send one of the servants and a donkey so that I can hurry to the man of God and come back. Just very positive. Like it was never any thought she wouldn't find him or that he wouldn't come. Uh, going to get the man of God and I'm coming, going to see him and coming right back. It is well, she said. Yeah, praise God. So it's, it's what we speak is important, isn't it? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And, uh, you know, that's where it's at, isn't it? And those who love it will live 
by it. And so what we speak really, really, really is important. What we say about the issues we face, what we say about our children and our families are all very, very, very important. And uh, I find it, I always have a laugh when I read through Proverbs and I read that. I hear that verse used so often, you know, in in faith message and positive messages that life and death are in the power of the tongue and what you say and what you speak is so important. And the verse that follows along says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favour from the Lord. How's that, hey? All mixed in together. Who found a wife? I did. Yeah, praise God. I don't know if it was in the power of the tongue. Maybe that's what chatting them up is and courting and, yeah, telling them how good you are. I don't know. Just threw that one in there. But people of faith speak the language of faith. Amen? Yeah. So we can run a little check on ourselves at times by what comes out of our mouth, can't we? Yeah. Sometimes it's harder not to say something that is than it is to say something. Have you ever found that? <laughs> Sometimes if you get up in front of people when you're not used to it, you might find it hard to say something. But oftentimes something will go wrong and you just want to unhook your tongue and let go. <laughs> Why did you do that? Why? But sometimes it's just very difficult to hang on to it and just say nothing at all. Just, yeah, yeah. Sometimes Pam says to me, just say nothing at all till you cool down. <laughs> it's good advice, isn't it? Yeah, praise God. Number four, there is no substitute for God. Absolutely no substitute for God in this whole wide cosmos, if you like, universe. Just There is no substitute for God. Absolutely none. Uh, you know, when I read in verse 27, but when she came to the man of God at the mountain, she fell at, uh, to the ground before him and caught hold of his feet. I know, you know, it's Old Testament. It's Old, it's Old Testament. It's many hundreds of years before the cross. And, uh, but it, it, it makes me think of just kneeling at the foot of the cross and, and uh, where Jesus' blood was shed for us and for our forgiveness, for our healing, for, you know, our deliverance, our, you know, to set us free. Uh, this lady just, well, you know, you couldn't fall at the foot of the cross then. It didn't exist. That hadn't happened. But she fell at the feet of the man of God and, uh, uh, you know, Gehazi said, hey, 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 just, you know, I suppose his job was to sort of look after Elisha a bit too and, like, stand back, lady, you know, but, man, she just, she was hanging on. You know what it's like? There's no substitute for God. And in this case, it was the man of God. And, uh, uh, you know, he said, leave her alone. But then when he, um, uh, when she said, you know, like, I didn't ask for a son, and I, I did say, didn't I, don't deceive me, like, don't get my hopes up. And when he heard that, he realised the son was in trouble. And so he says to Gehazi, get ready, quick, take my staff, go, quick. And 
Well, there, there you are. There's there's the man of God sending his authority. There, there you go. And uh, But that wasn't doing the lady at all. <laughs> you know, you read what she says here. He says, to get, get going, guys. I go. There you are, lady of action. Like, I'm there. But she said, the boy's mum said, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will not go home unless you go with me. That was pretty clear, wasn't it? I don't care if you send your servant. I don't care if you send your staff. I don't care what you do, Elisha, but unless you come with me, I ain't going. I ain't leaving your own stuff. I'm going to annoy you to death, but you're coming with me. Remind you of Jacob wrestling the angel? Yeah. Wouldn't let go. He said, I'm just not letting you go. You bless me. I don't care what you do, what you say. I'm hanging on. I, I, I love that. As I said last week, God loves that determination to be blessed. He just loves that. And this lady certainly had that. Yeah. You can send your servant, you can send the whole nation if you want, but unless you come, I'm staying here. And I love her attitude. Amen? But it's the same with us. You know, like as far as the, the, the deep needs of our life and the fulfilment, just this, the, the, you know, spiritual, in our spirit, fulfilment there, there is nothing that will do it by Jesus Christ. It just isn't. And we can we can get into all sort of religions and sports and things and more things. I don't know. I can't even think of what I could name. All I know is this, that the only thing that will ever really fulfill us is Jesus. There is no substitute for him. Absolutely not. One of the reasons we just always need to keep focused on him. Praise God. Yeah. Number five, men and women of faith know their authority and use it. Elisha said to Gehazi, get ready to travel, man. I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be uh, frivolous when I preach, should I? Yeah. Anyone ever see the Pink Panther series? I remember Clouseau telling uh, Cato to fire up the Silver Hornet. Yeah, remember that? <laughs> And it would never start or it would run terribly and it was always a little overdue for a service. But he, he's told him here, get ready to travel. Yeah, I guess that meant get your legs warmed up. I guess that was how he was going to be doing it. I don't know. But uh, get ready to travel. But what he said was this, take my staff and go. Don't talk to anyone along the way. Go quickly and lay the staff on the child's face. The staff is a symbol, is symbolic of the authority of the man of God. Remember Moses, uh, when he uh, was called at the burning bush by God, and he said, well, you know, uh, I don't have anything. I'm, I'm, just, not, I'm just not the man for the job. I, I, I thought I was once, but I'm just empty. I've got nothing. He said, what do you got in your hand at his staff? threw it down and it became something it wasn't. He took it up again. And and all through Scripture, the staff is a sign of authority. And so uh, Elisha knew not just to, to, you know, send the servant. He knew to use the authority that God had given him to operate in the position he was in. 
So he sent his servant with his authority and said, you lay, take authority over the lifeless body of this young man. And I do that by sending you to lay the staff over him. And he did. Praise God. And uh, folks, have we been given authority? Yes, we have. Jesus said, all authority has been given unto me. Is that right? The resurrected Christ, victorious over death, over the grave, died for our sin, shed his blood, rose again, that we may live forever, eternally. Amen? And said, all authority has been given unto me. And then to the disciples said, go out into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature under his authority. Is that right? Under his authority, we have authority. That's how it works. And we need to use it. Amen? You have authority today. If you are a believer today, you have authority. If your kids are sick, well, you take authority over that. I mean, I'm happy to help, but you've got authority. You know? And we need to use it. I think sometimes we forget about the authority that we do have. And uh, we just need to tell him where to go sometimes. Get out of here. Get out. Yeah. Got no authority to be here. Get out in the name of Jesus. It's in the name of Jesus. That's where the authority comes from. Remember Paul in the book of Acts? And, uh, yeah, this guy sort of saw Paul casting out some demons. He thought, this is not a bad little lark. Yeah, can make some money out of this. So he told a couple of demons where to go, didn't he? And the demons said, well, we know Jesus and we know Paul. Don't know who you are, sonny. And he got a bit ripped up, didn't he? Looked like he'd been in the boxing ring for a couple of rounds and uh, not a good thing. The, the protection and the authority, everything is in the name of Jesus. And I just want to remind you today, seriously remind you that you have authority in the name of Jesus. Amen? Sometimes when the household just gets running a little rough, you know what I mean? Sometimes it's just, you know, there mightn't be open warfare, but there's just little tensions. And yeah, and sometimes you just need to take authority. He loves messing us up just in ways like that, just little niggly things that just make it that it doesn't happen. And uh, just take authority and tell him to get out in the name of Jesus. You've got authority to do that today. Don't be scared to use your authority. Praise God. Number six. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah. I didn't do, I wasn't real good at math at school. Maths. Yeah. But I can count. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. Who counted for me the other day? Some little fella told me he could count up to ten. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 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 eight, nine, ten. And I thought, well, there you go. Get more bucks for you. Yeah, what I don't know. <laughs> Triple seven on the way through. <laughs> I suppose he got to ten, didn't he? <laughs> Number six. Number six. Men and women of faith don't always know what's going on. Sad to, sad to tell you that, but they don't. They don't always know what's going on. 
Elisha said, you know, when she came to the man of God, came to the mountain and fell on the ground before him, caught hold of his feet, and uh, the servant began to push her away, the man of God said, Elisha said to Gehazi, leave her alone. She is deeply troubled, but the Lord hasn't told me what it is. He didn't know what had happened at that point. He didn't know. Some people think men of God and prophets and apostles and every people just have incredible faith and they know everything that's going on. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they don't know what's going on for a long time. Sometimes God reveals things that's going on in people's lives. I know that he does that with me, but sometimes you don't. But it's no drama because it doesn't stop us operating in faith because we know as we take the necessary steps we have to, that God will always reveal to us what he wants us, what we need to know. And sometimes we can get a little, uh, yeah, it was the neighbours, the Higginsons, was it? Always want to know what's going on in your place. And uh, uh, they were the, they were Pam's family's neighbours, weren't they? The Higginsons. And, and Pam's dad was a, a very... Well, he was, a, he was a very good farmer, to be very honest with you. He was, he probably wouldn't get anyone better. And in all the years he'd run farm and whatever, he'd never had hay that was too hot or it got too early. But one year there he had, he was contracting a bit as well and he had stuff to, he thought, oh, this is not quite ready, but I, I think it'll be right. And it, it got really hot. And you stick your hand down the little square bars we used to have and, Really burn it, and oh, mate, that's way too old. We're gonna have to chuck them out of here, or they'll catch, he says. And so, I remember it was on a Saturday, and so I must have loved you, sweetie. I went up to see her, and I'm throwing hay out for her father all day, but anyway, I uh, I don't know how I got that job, but um, and so he was throwing them out, and then we looked across the paddock, and the neighbors were walking across the paddock. Oh, that'd be right, that'd be. They can't keep their nose out of my business. I've never had a run off of there. It's sort of funny it was. And uh, uh, you get them, don't you? But um, you don't always need to know what you don't know. You don't always. And sometimes as a man of God and a woman of God, you will not know what's going on. But God will always reveal to you what you need to know. And, you know, he didn't even get a word from God. When the lady said, you know, I didn't ask you for a child and I told you not to deceive me. And he knew straight away what was going on. Just your own thinking and your own mind. Don't discount your thoughts. You know, if you're switched into God, don't discount them. And uh, sometimes God will re reveal things to you a long time before it happens. Sometimes he will show you what goes on in people's lives and what's going on and and just put a little thing there. I just... I think I've got to ring that person up or I think I've just, there's something there. Do it. Be prompted by God like that. Sometimes you won't know what it is until you ring them. Sometimes he might show you that. But that's all I want to say with that point today that, uh, you know, men and women of faith don't always know. But as you step out in God, God will always, he won't leave you there stranded. He will reveal to you what you need to know and what you need to do. Praise God. Number seven, last point. So we've done the full circle. We've come back now to where we uh, started, uh, where we finished last week. So we've we've done the we've done a circuit and come back. 
the uh, number number seven is this: uh, we don't have to be perfect to move in faith, to operate in faith. Faith is not about perfection; it's about trusting God, and it's about seeing things in God as though they're ours already, even though they might not exist yet. It's 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 about vision. It's about it's 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 not about how good you are or the level of maturity you are, or how many brownie points you've been able to uh, to bank. Like, there's no brownie points, let me tell you. There's just faith, okay? And whatever your measure of faith is, you use it. And, and that's the deal. We don't have to be good or perfect or whatever else, because, see, this this lady certainly operated in faith with the death of her son, absolutely certainly moved in faith. But I did say last week I believe she was vulnerable in, a, in an area of her life or fearful in a certain area of her life. And, and, you know, I love this about her, that she didn't let that stop her from conceiving a child. She didn't let that stop her from reaching out to the man of God when she when the little boy died. But, uh, I, I, I mean, and I could be wrong in this. I, I, I'm not saying... Uh, I'm not saying this is exactly the truth, 100%. I'm not wrong. I, I just got a feeling in here that she'd probably lost a lot of children. I'd say she'd probably fallen pregnant a lot of times and lost the children. That's what I sense in here because uh, when Elisha said, look, you've been so good to us, what could we do for you? She had this longing for a child, but she didn't say, oh, I'd love to have a child. Uh, she said, you know, can I talk to the king? Can I talk to the commander of the army? No, she said, I'm well looked after. I'm fine. Thank you. No, no problems. She didn't even ask and say that, you know, um, I'd love a child. But I know she wanted one. And, and I think she'd become that, that roar from pregnant again and it's lost again, another miscarriage, you know, just given up, I'm just my husband's old, it's just all too late, it's just, I just don't want to even think about it because I don't want to get let down again. And that's a horrible way to live with that fear inside that I'm going to let down again. If I go for this promotion at work, I, I don't even want to do it anymore because I'm sick of getting knocked back. You ever experience stuff like that where you try and you try again and you know, you, I know people that tried to borrow money for businesses or houses and got knocked back and knocked back and knocked back. And in the end, you just think, oh, it's just all, it's just all, it's hard, it's horrible. I just, you know, I think that's where the lady was. And that's why I'm, I, I love it because she didn't let that stop her conceiving. Like some people could have let that happen, but she didn't. But, uh, uh, and so she's fallen, you know, she's got the little boy, like everything's, every, everything would seem really, really good. But I sense inside this lady there was still a little, a little, mm, a little thing in there. I hope he's okay. hope he's okay. hope everything's, yeah, just a little, you know, when you're sort of, you're, you're free, you, you've had success, but... You still got this little thing in there that oh yeah it's yeah it's just yeah I'm healed I've, I've been healed I hope it doesn't come back I hope it just you know a lot of people who do healing teach that all that sort of stuff that 
you can almost think something back into existence if you let it sort of take over your thinking. So we get back to your words and your, the, you know, the stuff we, we speak and the focus on God, et cetera, et cetera. It all ties in one big knot together. But I, I know it was still there because, you know, just the words she said to Elisha, like, I didn't ask for a son. I told you I didn't want to be let down again. I didn't want to be, I told you, I told you. Like there was still that raw thing in there. But again, even though it was there, she acted in faith. So was she perfected? No way. Are we perfected yet? No way. But there's no excuse not to operate in the realm of faith. We can still do that. The newest Christian can operate in faith. Seriously. I, I could tell you a story, but I might embarrass someone, so I won't do it. But, um, uh, like, yeah, amazing. Sometimes new Christians can operate incredibly in faith because it never occurs to them that it won't work. You know, like, you know what, you know what I'm saying today? Yeah, you get saved and you pray and God answers your prayer. Then, wow. And yeah, and, and then you another prayer and another prayer and like, wow, this is mad faith. Oh, yeah. And then you pray one time and it doesn't happen. You think, what happened? You know, like sometimes God has another purpose and sometimes it doesn't happen and the answer is no. You know, that's what the apostles did, weren't they? They, uh, you know, in the formation of the church, like they get under persecution and Peter and John get locked up and, and, uh, they pray and an angel come and got them out. Whoa, yeah, do we believe in prayer? Man, have a prayer meeting. We, mate, we have action in our prayer meetings in jail again and, and, uh, they pray and, yeah, got let out again out of jail and, whoa, mate, prayer meeting on Wednesday night. The house is packed. Can't get anyone in there because this is, mate, God answers prayer. And then you have Stephen and, and, uh, you know, things are looking a bit sort of tight here, and so they, they rock up the prayer meeting and, and yeah, Lord, release him. And and uh, then they send word back like they're throwing rocks at him. Man, like, get praying, you guys, and they pray, and Stephen gets killed. What's gone wrong now? Well, he's gone home to be with Jesus, so there's no harm done to, to Stephen. Everyone's a bit sad for a bit, but... The truth is there's always victory when you die in faith. doesn't matter if you die or you don't die. It's, that's the way it is. And uh, uh, and God wanted to spread the church. He didn't want them just building church in Jerusalem. He wanted to do a bit of outreach. So they weren't outreaching very much, so he, he outreached them. He, he, they scattered from fear of, the, of persecution and took the message with them everywhere they went, didn't they? went through all Judea and up around and it went everywhere. And God had another purpose in mind. But, uh, you know, yeah, praise God. So, yeah, young Christians can step out in faith. Old Christians, like we should be moving in faith. Sometimes we have a little answer like that that doesn't work and we think, oh, Stephen died. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe God doesn't answer prayer. Maybe you know, I don't want to look like an idiot. And but, but they're all little growing tests for us, aren't they? We're we still going to hang on to Him. We're still going to keep following Him. We're still going to step out in faith. Good question, isn't it? And so that's what it is all about, I believe. But this lady, even with the insecurity she had, she didn't let stop her from receiving from God. We ought to be the same. Amen. Yeah.
This got a big week. Big week. I know I've got a big week. Big week. Yeah. He's tired.